Hello, and welcome back to the Joygasm Podcast, where we geek out about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and with me is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. As we commence episode 64 today, March 24th, 2018. To get the most out of Joygasm, follow us on your social media of choice and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.com slash Joygasm TV. Also, for exclusive access and some sweet goodies, check us out at Patreon.com slash Joygasm. We have a smorgasbord of developments to cover today. Gaming news includes a Star Wars Unreal Engine demo, Cyberpunk 2077, and the Universal Game Challenge. Movie news includes Indiana Jones 5, Peter Dinklage appearing in a movie that's going to be huge. A new Deadpool 2 trailer, Shazam official movie poster, Star Wars soundtrack remastered, and what Chris Evans had to say about his involvement with Captain America after Avengers Infinity War. Our topic of the day is Sea of Thieves and a way out play impressions. But for Steve, how you doing? Ross, is it Shazam or Shazam? For the longest time... I thought it was Shazam. However, after playing Injustice mm. 2... Shazam! Exactly. <laughs> when he says it in there, I have a feeling that the good folks at NetherRealm Studios did their due diligence with DC and probably made sure that uh, whatever the superhero had to say was mm. correct. So mm. I, you know, henceforth, I shall be referring to that... Muscular man, as Shazam, <laughs> not Shazam, but eh, it probably goes back and forth. But. Yeah. So how are you doing? Well, currently, Russ, um, my ears aren't as sweaty since we're uh, trying a little something, something new here. Oh, yeah. You know, well, that's we're, good. Uh, we're uh, we're earphoneless, so uh, I don't I don't hear you echoing in my my noodle. That's my true. Normally, I like having it the other way around. Looking at you as I always see you. I always enjoy getting inside your head. Messing with you. You feel distant now. Oh. Do I feel somewhat uh, across from you? Yeah. Mm. About uh, three feet. Mm. <laughs> Touche. Indeed. So what have you been up to? Well, um... Just, uh, I guess I would say, you know, figure it out when we're actually going to get to the movies next, you know, yeah. uh, planning this, planning that. Yeah. Uh, your birthday's coming up. Oh, it is. It is. Ross, yeah. you don't look a day over 17. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm. Especially if that 17 year old would be, uh, well on his way to balding. <laughs> at least you're not graying yet. Uh, well, I'm getting a little salt on the, uh, the tips, the very, not like, compared to me, sides. not compared to me. No, 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 no. But I've, I've gone way beyond the widow's peak stage and now it's just kind of, uh, a battle zone. It's hot. Something that's, uh, if there was a, ever a metaphor for no man's land from world war one, that would be the top of my head. <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, no, my birthday is right around the corner. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Haven't hit forty yet. I will be turning thirty nine. Mm. So yeah, you're still you're still in the cool phase. 
Once you, <laughs> once you, once you can reach forty, it's like mm, midlife crisis. Mm, I don't know, maybe. I'm t- I tell you what. <laughs> All of a sudden, Ru- I don't know where Russ bought himself a Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> And started riding a skateboard. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> he bought himself uh, a helicopter. I don't understand. <laughs> he started dyeing his goatee different colors, darker colors. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. I'm, I'm hoping that it'll just be something. He, he, here's a healthy way of looking at it. You know, p- perhaps joygasm itself could be my midlife crisis. There just you being go. able to create something that is entertaining, mm. it's fun. We get lots of people involved, and it's everyone just has a, a grand old time. I don't want to be in that situation where if I have a midlife crisis that I end up having to go out and buy some sort of exotic car or something stereotypical like that. I I hope it's going to be something where it's like no. In fact, I've actually thought about this. Come to come mm. to think of it, Steve, do tell. I have been thinking about how, due to the fact that I'm, uh, you know, 40 is just right around that proverbial <laughs> corner. I, uh, yeah. No, I've been thinking about that because it has become more and more in the forefront of my mind. But the cool thing is I look at it as what do what exactly do I want to do with the second half of the, you know, the, the part two of my life, if you will. And I want to be able to, to learn as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to travel as much as uh, the budget will allow. You know, I want to be able to just be able to experience more and more as uh, the <clears throat> twilight years are not so far. The golden years. Golden, <laughs> just, yeah, the yeah, golden years. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's just pretty oh, yeah. crazy to think about how even like, I mean, <laughs> that means that uh, 50 is... Uh, well, technically speaking, <laughs> I'm after my birthday now. It's only 11 <laughs> years away. That is beyond just, well, yeah. We don't have to think about that right now, Raj. Yeah. Never, but back to you yeah, in the yeah, newsroom, yeah, Steve. Yeah, 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 what have you been yeah, playing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to download the uh, full throttle onto my phone. But uh, it looks like they're waiting on a update because you can only get so far into the game. Uh-huh. And uh, the reviews on the game were spectacular. And up until that point, everybody started changing the reviews around. And I actually checked with uh, the company who released it and who was, uh, who was drawing in all the new crispy lines and everything. And they mm-hmm. were like, yeah, we're working on it. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to hold off until they actually release that update to like, get it on my phone. Yeah. Uh, so... Other than that, I've just been uh, overwatching it. As well you should. Forza-ing it. Man, Clash of Clansing it. You're you're just loyal. You just you just I am. you keep playing those games. Uh-huh. And it's part of my personality. Russ is who I am. I'm a loyalist. Hmm. Indeed. Oh, I did finish House of Cards. And sure enough, you spoiled it, and I knew it was coming, <laughs> and there it was. Uh, so, but I, but I am looking forward to see what happens in this next, uh, season. Cause, uh, man, the, the, uh, sorry, I can get, I can, I can put words together without the us, Russ. I can, I really can. I was I thinking back, I was thinking back to, to, to Claire in, mm. in the show, but they let the doors open for quite a lot to happen as they always do. The writers are very, uh, very good. 
They are. And that's actually, now you are officially ahead of me because I have not right. watched that particular season. That's on my to watch list. I'm glad that you said that actually, because maybe I can try and get that started next week. Yeah. I'm thinking about actually oh, taking boy. some time off from the old day job, maybe take like a week off or something, <laughs> get caught up on some of this much watch. Have a staycation. Uh, yeah. Mm. I, especially, you know, going back to the age thing at my age, actually, I, I honestly really enjoy staycations too. That's something that's just, you know, if, if I have some free time, I can play some games. I can watch some things that are, that are, you know, just on my to watch list. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I started thinking to the midlife crisis thing again. Yeah. And then uh, I thought, no, well, cars aren't really your, your dealio, but then speakers might be i might walk in here one day and this whole place be totally decked out like whoa i was just here last night it was bare walls and now all of a sudden this place looks better than cinemark <laughs> you're like you see steve you see what i did this is awesome <laughs> there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong <laughs> i figure why wait 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 it was just twenty five thousand, not 27 it was twenty five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness want some popcorn huh how about a hot dog? I got them both right here over here. Ballparks. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Nah, nah I think that uh, I think that, that that that's it, Russ. What okay. about you? So as you're well aware, mm. I've been putting in my time with Overwatch, and I gotta say, and 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 you're you're already aware of this, but I got I gotta tell the Joygasm listeners out there. I'm getting a little frustrated with the competitive play because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in kind of a stagnation uh, where I'm just, it's the whole win some, lose some. And as a result, my overall score, it, it, it's constantly fluctuating between 1500 and like 1550. It's like, we'll win a couple and I'll be making my way out of the, the pit that is the, the <laughs> silver league. Win a couple, lose a few. Win a couple. Lose a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I'm hoping that I can just claw my way out. I know you, you actually end up placing for season nine that you got up a little bit higher than I did. I think you were in the 1700s or something. I was. My actual career high was 1999. And believe me, when I got that, uh, I felt like partying like it's 1999. There you go. But uh, but no, ever since that, that time, I think that the the players in Overwatch have just continued to get better and better. That's typically what happens with a lot of the the, the Blizzard games. Is like you'll just have players that that's all they play is they'll play only play StarCraft or they'll only play Warcraft or Diablo or whatever it is. But they just continue to get better and better. And I'm hoping that they don't get so good that suddenly. Folks like me, where like I don't have hours upon hours right. to play the game, like I I won't be uh, an old relic. Well, I think that's where the rank is because those people will start to get into the you know silver class, gold class, platinum class, yeah. and then we're just never going to be there. Right? Let's just face it. I'm I'm going to stay positive. That's what I'm going to do, Steve. Okay. You do that. <clears throat> if I can hit gold, I'll be very happy. And I realize that there are several classes above gold, but I just, if I can get that, that's going to be a milestone. Hmm. I, I look forward to it. There you go. And people who I've watched on YouTube who are just super good at the game, they have actually talked about how frustrating it is when you're in the copper class and the, and the silver tier, just because you don't have people who necessarily work together as a team. You'll see 
times when that will happen, but it's not the rule. It's more of the exception. And so it, it can be tough to like kind of claw your way out of there, but we're going to get there, Steve. Indeed. We're going to get there. I hope so. Now, I wanted to make sure you were aware that I have also bought you and I. Mm. It's going to be a bro date uh, to go see the Avengers Infinity War. Only it won't be on Thursday, April 26th. We are going to go Friday, April 27th. Hmm. Just because I looked and it's sold out hmm, man. for Thursday. So no dice. No dice. But the good news is, is that the very next day we'll be able to go. And it shall be a day long remembered. I, at this point, I'm going to be absolutely... I'm going to write off cinema if... That movie is no good, <laughs> which I, I, I think it's going to be the complete opposite. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think we'll have to do some Facebook living right there. We might have to grab uh, what one of our people is sitting next to us and be like, hey, yeah. what up, man? You excited for this? You want to do a Facebook live? Yeah, bro. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Why is your arm around me? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Okay, here we go. Facebook live. And let's go. You want to take a selfie? You want to take a selfie, bro? All get, right. You get maced. Yeah, right in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Banaka. Uh, so in addition to that, of course, been playing Sea of Thieves, which I'm going to I'm gonna stave off from giving too many details at this point in time, since that's part of our topic of the day, as well as a way out. I decided to buy the Xbox Game Pass. And if you recall, that's the, the subscription model that they released and it's really cool in terms of the fact that it, it essentially it's, I think it's like 10 bucks a month. And I think it equates out to basically as if you were to buy two games a year, which is pretty cool because if you think about in terms of the first party titles, <clears throat> Microsoft <throat> tends to release what, like between two and three first party titles a year. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it basically pays for itself. It's like, okay, well, I know it's going to come out. It, eh, might as well just do it that way. Plus you get all the different first-party titles for both Xbox One and Xbox 360. So there are, there are, I think there's probably a handful of titles out there that I have not played. It kind of got by me, and I can play them for free now. I'm sure you'd have to get uh, an extra hard drive. Because I, I probably couldn't do it. I, I only have the, the what came with the system. I'll have to take a look. I'm not exactly sure. I know I, I think the, the external hard drive I got for my Xbox One is like an eight terabyte right. external drive. So. I have one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have 500 gigs. I have half a terror. Steve, it's it's time that we we just we get you upgraded. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you're overdue, especially considering the fact that uh, there's going to be many more games on the horizon. Okay. And I don't think you want to uninstall what you already have. Right. right. Now, I have also continued watching season one of The Sopranos. That's right. And so I've been enjoying that. Right. My discs were a piece of junk. I have to upgrade. So we, Yeah, uh, what was with that? No clue. I don't know. I, uh, I, yeah, I should probably get, just get the Blu-ray and be done with it. Be done with the DVDs. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's kind of becoming a thing of the past anyway. You need to. Right. Of course, I say that now. And then if you would get the Blu-rays, then at that point, then those will be a thing of the past because they'll go to 4K and then 5K yeah. and then 8K. <laughs> and- you know what? No, we got to do. If, um, you know, we ever have another giveaway, I, I can give away my seasons of The Sopranos. 
Hey, does anybody want my regular 720 by 480 DVD resolution? Sopranos? People still buy DVDs. Especially when they're signed by Stevovich. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You never know. There's probably someone out there will probably. Yeah, you know. Why not? Now, there is a particular story that I wanted to cover during this segment just because it's not really, it doesn't fit in gaming news or movie news. But did you hear that the Toys R Us founder, yes. Charles Lazarus, died? Yes, I did. I just thought, I, I think it's worth talking about. He, he was 94 years old. He opened the first location in Maryland back in 1957. And uh, I actually saw this this um, on IGN. Brian Barnett reported that when he was a child, Lazarus helped his father repair broken bicycles and sell them. And then later, when he took over his father's shop, he began to sell baby furniture before switching to selling toys. Originally, the store was called Children's Supermart. <laughs> But when he expanded and opened the first toy-specific location in Maryland, he changed the name to Toys R Us. That's quite the uh, name change. Yeah, I could just see him going, you know, there's something about... Yeah, this sounds awfully generic. Yeah, Children's Supermart. No. It doesn't sound fun. It doesn't. And it's... It sounds kind of funny to, to actually say this, but... For some reason, seeing Toys R Us close its doors and fold up, it just it seems un-American. It's just the weirdest thing because you and I grew up back in the '80s, and that was like the mecca for kids, right. like like the place to go. There was no internet, there there were no smartphones, smart devices, nothing. There was no Amazon. I mean, like like it was all brick and mortar style. Uh, places of business that you would go to to make your purchases, and Toys R Us was the place. I mean that that was the place where it, like if your parents agreed to take you there, you were in hog heaven. It was just amazing <laughs> to be able to walk in there as a child and just be completely blown away by just. And you think about it too. Back in the day, like Costco wasn't around. You didn't have uh, Walmart and Target as prominent as they are today. And really, in, in a lot of locations, they didn't have any um, different buildings set up to be able to do shopping and whatnot. So really, like, you're your one-stop shop for dedicated toys, in addition to, like, KB and those types of places. But Toys R Us was, like, the the big 500-pound gorilla in the room. And the only place you can buy Big League Chew chewing gum. Well, I, I think there are places like Kmart <laughs> that you can buy that. I never saw it at Kmart. I always knew. I always defaulted Toys R Us. For big league chew. Oh my god! <laughs> no, but that was that was the the place of choice for us to get our Sega Genesis games and our Sega Master, Master System, System games and our Sega Game Gear games. That's right, and but the Sega Game Gear itself. I, I remember walking over to that one row. I, I remember distinctly like how we have to walk into the, the Toys R Us that was in our neck of the woods. We had to make a right. It was on the far right side of the building, and then kind of it was almost like diagonal right. And then the games they had were behind the the plexiglass. Do you remember that? Actually, Let's, I think they had to come unlock it. You could you you picked up right. a flyer and then you're like, hey, yeah. hey, excuse me, can I get this game? Yeah, sure, kid. You know, all those people, all the employees 
looked like they hated working there, though. I always had such a blast going in there as a kid, but I remember everyone's face. No one looked like they had a good time working. I don't, I don't know, know if it was just our our Toys R Us or what, but yeah, I mean, I can see how they would just be irritable by the, especially by the end yeah. of the day. I mean, they're getting pestered and accosted by children all over the place and parents that just have that crazed, deranged look in their eye because they're trying to find like that one toy that was yeah. big, or they're just trying to entertain their kids for the time being until they you know, get home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I, I without getting too just depressing with this this story though i can't help but wonder if his death had to do with the fact that he saw that his baby essentially was was coming to a close i mean that 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 can take a toll on a person i mean yeah maybe it's coincidence that he was 94 years old but i also think too that just when you have someone who starts out uh, a passion an idea of sorts and they're they're able to have it flourish and expand and just have Families all over just absolutely love what they're seeing and, and, and the experiences and all of a sudden have that come to a close. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong, but but I just, uh, I don't know. For, for, for nothing else, I just want to give a, a posthumous thank you because Toys R Us uh, was a big part of my life. And That's, it was a big part of your life. It's very sweet, Russ. It's very sweet. So anyway. You want a tissue? No. You want some milk and cookies? You want to take a nap for a couple minutes and come back to the show? No. Okay. No. I'm good. All right. Let's get into some gaming news here. To kick things off, the Unreal Engine has uh, this brand new update where it can show off reflections in real time. That And it also involves ray tracing. Have you seen this? I have not. Okay, so they released a video earlier this week where it's essentially a Star Wars-based theme, and um, they used it to provide a glimpse into an Unreal Engine real-time ray trace demo. So you see these two stormtroopers, and it's it's kind of like the Star Wars Battlefront 2 style, where you see them doing their thing or whatever, and they have Captain Phasma from the latest episode 7 and 8 and 9, and... Essentially, it's showing how in the latest patch for the Unreal Engine, they can actually have reflections like like they go through an, like an elevator and they see like different types of lights that are passing by, and you can see how it's reflecting on all their armor and the weaponry and even the floors. And if you think about it, it actually makes a lot of sense just because in the Death Star, just about every surface is reflected, and so they want to show off just how articulate and and just accurate. The reflections are whether it's coming from the ceiling lights or it's coming from just any kind of ambient lighting in general so i'm excited because those types of things were only really available for for 3d pre-rendered sequences like like for me if i were to go into maya or 3d studio max those would be some of the render settings that i would have to choose in order to get just super accurate lighting and reflections that sort of thing so I'm telling you, I think when the, the next-gen systems come out, I think that there's a very high probability that we'll be able to see some of that going on, and I think that's going to be fantastic. Now, another thing is that with CD Projekt Red, they have opened, and this is, this is something they used to, they've opened their third studio to work on Cyberpunk 2077, their mm. third studio. 
TD Project Red announced the new Roclaw studio is made up of 18 veteran game developers and largely comprised of four members of Roclaw-based developer Strange New Things, which in turn was created by former Techland and IO Interactive developers. And I have a quote here for you. We're pretty hyped to be on the spearhead of this new office. Head of CD Projekt Red, Roclaw said, We know Roclaw inside and out, and it's an amazing place to make games. The team is strong, and I'm sure we have both the experience and the creative firepower to make Cyberpunk 2077 an even better game. So I think that they're putting together quite the manpower behind this. There's, it's it's going to happen. I cannot wait for this game. This should be huge. I think it's going to be good. It better be good. Well, it better be good. I didn't put enough time into it. So. Do you think that they're going to have a reveal trailer of the game at this year's E3? I think they got it. They've been keeping their lips pretty tight about it for quite a long time. There's little no, little to no gameplay footage out there. Little to no facts. Little to no well, there, there's no, yeah, there's no actual gameplay footage. Like they've only been releasing certain teaser trailers that have pre-rendered cinematics. Right. And stuff well, like that. I, I found they, they listed something on, on uh, like a first-person view, only like a few seconds. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and it looks like kind of detective-y in a little in a way. Yeah. Uh, so well, we shall see. I mean, they was, it was like beta footage. So. Okay. Competition lets devs make games based on franchises like Back to the Future and Jaws. Shabana Arif reports Unity has teamed up with Universal Pictures for the Universal Game Dev Challenge, announced at GDC 2018 this week. GameIndustry.biz reports participants will be given access to five iconic Universal IPs, and they have to create a concept for a game based on just one. The titles the indie devs will be able to use include Hollywood franchises like Back to the Future, Jaws, and Battlestar Galactica, as well as Turok and DreamWorks' Voltron Legendary Defender. The developers have a month to prepare their pitch with a panel of judges selecting six finalists. The, success, the, excuse me, the successful studio stand to win a cash prize of $250,000 a consulting contract with Universal, and the chance to make their game concept into a reality. Quote, Universal initially came to Unity with the idea to give developers an opportunity to interact with their iconic brands. Unity's Vice President of Marketing, Katrina Strafford, for GameIndustry.biz. Quote, we then brought Microsoft and Intel into the conversation as we knew they would have a lot to offer the community as well. Ultimately, all of us are committed to providing great opportunities to our developer community, so it was a natural fit. I thought this particular article was a bit interesting. It piqued my interest. And it's kind of a... It's a, it's a positive, but it could be a negative thing, too, because it, it definitely strikes me as them wanting to partner with indie develop, developers or certain smaller groups to see like what kind of incubator programs they can put together. And if they see an idea they like, then they'll be able to snag that particular IP and turn it into something bigger. I don't know. Like I just, I like the, I like the premise of it. I just hope the, the developers who win don't get screwed over in the process. Right. Just trying to picture everything in my mind. I think it has a lot of potential, but uh, I, I agree. Segwaying over to some movie news. Steven Spielberg, Indiana Jones 5. Count them 
one, two, three, four, five, to begin shooting next year. During the Empire Awards, Steven Spielberg said he would, quote, come back in April 2019 to make the fish Indiana Jones right here. I don't... I think that... I, I have a typo here. I think it's the fifth Indiana Jones. But yeah, I, I would hope it wouldn't be like some Finding Nemo Indiana <laughs> Jones Russ. <laughs> No, no. It's come back in April 2019 to make the fifth Indiana Jones movie right here, meaning the UK, of course. Now, a little tidbit that I thought was fun was that John, uh, I always get his name wrong, John Reese Davis? John Rise Davies? Sure, Russ. Anyway, he was the one from the original uh, Indiana Jones trilogy, you know, the the, the bigger guy. He was the one who, who played Gimli. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He reportedly said that he would love to work on the film, so... They're, I don't know, whatever that's worth. It's not confirmed, but I, for one, would love to see him come back in just because I consider him part of the Indiana Jones family. Of course. I mean, he really made a, a large contribution to the persona of the Indiana Jones franchise. I just don't want him to be CG. It's part of the reason why I have yet to watch The Crystal Skull. Hmm. Because of the CG. You're not missing much with The Crystal Skull. I didn't think so. Yeah, while it is nice to see old Harrison, you know, just donning the duds, the fedora, the whip, all that. Not to mention the fact that the same punching sounds are back. They had some of the best punching sounds. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Ah. Avengers Infinity War poster confirms that Peter Dinklage is in the film. I am a big... Peter Dinklage fan. And looking at the cast credits at the bottom, you will see his name listed. Now, it's not known which character he will play. People are kind of going back and forth on that. But uh, I'm here to tell you, Steve. Seeing Peter Dinklage added to the roster of the already impressive cast puts a smile on my face. Steam in your stride. Absolutely. Now, going back to Shazam. DC Shazam official logo revealed. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but Warner Brothers and DC revealed the official logo for the upcoming Shazam film. And surprise, Steve, it looks really close to what the actual logo of Shazam looks like. Oh, They had to make some 3D tech, so it does look slightly different, but it's basically Shazam. Shazam! (laughs) Shazam, Shazam. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. we'll, we'll, We'll find out soon enough. Now, the original six Star Wars soundtracks are going to get remastered. John Williams' original six Star Wars soundtracks are currently available to pre-order and will be re-released on Star Wars Day, May 4th. They will come on CDs and feature new artwork and a collectible mini poster. You know, CDs, I wonder why... This was, I remember they came out with a super audio CD mm-hmm. back like 2005-ish, 2003. And I wonder what happened to that because that's the perfect opportunity to, to release his remastered music on, on DVD audio or, or super audio disc. And that kind of, that whole format kind of fell by the wayside. I have no idea. I'd love to pick it up. It's a good question. Audio. Uh, certain popular compositions were retouched, including Imperial March and Duel the Fates. I hope that it gets John Williams' seal of approval on there. Hopefully he has uh, creative control over that. I'd hate to see these remastered editions uh, be modified by Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm probably the only one who thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. There are many other people who I would am. be inclined to agree with you. Now, Chris Evans expects Avengers 4 to be his last MCU movie. Might and be it, dying. What's that? He might be dying. In an interview with the New York Times, Evans revealed he expects to not be renewing his contract with Marvel Studios and will be finished playing Captain America after next year's fourth Avengers movie. Captain America. And he says, quote, you want to get off the train before they push you off, Evans said. Just like they did with Bucky. So we'll have to see what happens with that. At least based off of this particular article, we know that he's alive until the next Avengers movie because, you know, it's a two-parter, so we're going back and forth. Okay, so is he going to kick the bucket this time or not? So that suddenly kind of, I don't know, in my mind, there's a chance that maybe Iron Man may be the sacrificial lamb for this part one, and then in part two, maybe Captain America goes the way of the dodo. I'm telling you, yeah. King uh, T'Challa is not going to be taking orders. No, no king is going to be taking orders from one of the Avengers. Dude. I know. I know. Well, I got to turn the music down here because our next segment into movie news has to do with a certain trailer. Now, have you seen the latest Deadpool 2 trailer, Steve? I believe I have, but I wouldn't mind seeing it again. I wouldn't mind seeing it either. I've actually seen it a couple of times. <laughs> I, my, my self-control lately has been uh, weak. So uh, th- now there are two versions. I just want to have a disclaimer before we actually start watching this. Mm-hmm. The more memorable version of this trailer is actually a Red Band trailer. But since we have certain listeners who may be a little bit younger, we're going to go mm-hmm. with the non-Red Band trailer. So no. for those of you who want the full... Deadpool experience. You can head on to YouTube, give it a look-see. It's pretty awesome. But but this one, this one's good as well. So let's check it out. Living the dreams, DP. Yeah. Devil me care attitude. <laughs> Strong guys. Beautiful girlfriend. Sorry I'm late. I was rounding up all the gluten in the world and launching into space where it can't not hurt us ever again. Kiss me like you miss me, Red. What in the ass? My name's Cable. I'm here for the kid. What? The kid? Move or die. Kids give us a chance to be better than we used to be. He needs you. You're a lot smarter than I look. (laughs) I let Cable kill this kid. But I can't do this alone. We're going to form a super duper group. That's what we're going to do. Our group will be forward. <laughs> Professor X's wheelchair. Yeah. Neutral. We will be known as X-Force. Isn't that uh, yeah. You're absolutely right. <laughs> now, cue the music. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Rock and roll. 
they got that in slow motion. Doing the right thing is messy. Oh! But if you want to fight for what's right, sometimes you have to fight dirty. And that is why the man bun is just a millennial mullet. Oh, God, I wish I finished college. It lives up to the hype, plus plus. They probably won't even make it three. Yeah, why would they? Stop it, too. You killed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good song, too. It is, yeah. It is a really good song. Perfect for that movie. And again, if you watch the Red Band trailer, it's even better. Like, just, just a lot of the lines were a little too harsh for the typical right movie trailer watching folk that's the superhero movie that's not for the kids Russ. that's very true it's very true but yeah. i mean that i mean he's the merc with the mouth right i mean he that's right. that's all a part of who he is that's part of his dirty charm you know the actor who i can't think of his name because i'm terrible at names but he is also playing thanos He's the voice of Thanos. He is. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. He also has another movie coming out. It's uh, Sicarios 2. Sicario 2. I don't, I don't think I've heard of that. You haven't. What's you it haven't about? Seen it. Uh, that's more of like a uh, Mexican cartel. Uh, really? Shoot him up. Uh, Benicio Del Toro, isn't it? I'll have to check that out. Mm. Wow. All right, Steve, you know what time it is? <laughs> that's right. The topic of the day. So our topic of the day is actually going to be a double feature. That's right. We're going to be talking about both Sea of Thieves and A Way Out. <laughs> both of these games were dropped earlier this week. And I got to say, I'm a, I'm a pretty happy man. I always like when all of a sudden we get not one, but two titles of interest that have been on my radar. So... Uh, which one do you want to do first? Let's do the, the the way out first, I think. A way out, Steve. A way out. Yeah, the right. way out is a movie with Kevin Costner. A way out <laughs> is the game we just played. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh, uh, boy. Um, so, yeah. A way out. We started Wipe playing. Wipe that nose. I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> Make sure I can breathe properly before I get into this topic of the day. Tell you what. So we started playing A Way Out just today, and we're not too far into it. We've put in just a few hours, but it's a game that you and I definitely were salivating over when we looked at E3 last year. <laughs> that was disgusting. And so here we are. It's out I, and I, we're quiet about it. <laughs> well, I, I, I was trying to decide if I should go into my thoughts, but I, I think I'm going to actually pass the buck to you because I've been talking quite a bit. It's out and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Moving on to the next one. So what what exactly is your first impression? I like it. You like it? I like it, Russ. Steve likes it. I think it's very. It's not going to be good to play on Twitch. I will. I will say that because if people, it's a little slow pace. Mm -hmm. It's a little deep, and I think if people 
on Twitch. I think they want a little more fast action kind of gameplay, which this is not. Right. So, but for you, you and me, I think it'd be good. I think this is a type of game that you and I have been waiting for for a long time. We have. Just from an old school style of playing right next to each other, that has really become a rarity of sorts just because with how far the online maturity of multiplayer has come, it's just you don't really get too many options or opportunities really to actually have more of that localized co-op type of play. I mean, yeah, you'll right. ha- you'll have a game here and there that comes out every once in a great while, but by and large, it's just the multiplayer thing. And I'm not dogging the, the multiplayer experience at all. I think it's, it's a fantastic point that we as a gaming community have reached, but there's a, still, there's still a separation. Yeah. It's yeah. different having the, you know, sitting next to somebody on the couch and still playing the game. Yeah. However, I will say, that I, I think I'm going to take back my Twitch comment because when we're sitting next to uh, each other on the couch, uh-huh. I can tell you, okay, you know, someone's coming, look out, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, but however, if I'm away from you and I'm telling you what to do over the over the thing, and I can't Just see your face and I can't see your screen, so I can't, you know, because right now it's split, right, with us on the same console. I think it'll be a little more interesting because people are going to be able to hear our reactions and and uh, me telling you what to do. And, Not yet, brother. You know. Yeah. I think that'd be a little. I think that'd be pretty entertaining. Well, and I th- I think that you touch on something important with with this game is that like just the the small amount of time that we have played, we were looking toward each other, trying to coordinate whatever our next move was going to be. It wasn't just us talking, but I think it would still work. And and I'm I'm actually really happy to say that a way out supports both local co-op play as well as online. Right. So that's a big thumbs up for me in order for that to work. And I'm curious to see how that'll, that'll work out in terms of when you and I give that a shot. Right. I do think that that'll be fun as well, but I do think that the sweet spot, and this is really what the, um, the director of the game was talking about at last year's E3, which is just they designed this game with having someone sit, sitting next to you playing in mind. Like that was that was their kind of go-to, was one of their, their pillars of the game itself. And you can tell like as you're playing the game, what is super cool is just having someone physically sit next to you while you're playing the game and really like how they have created this unique screen experience where you're, you know, it's it's a split screen game, but the way that they have injected the cinematics where it's almost like this, this kind of subtle nudging, if you will, where certain items of importance or plot progression, whatever it is, you'll, I, I absolutely love how the screen will, will go from being like 50, 50 to all of a sudden, like a certain side will then start to push over and you'll get kind of two thirds will be of one player's screen versus one third on the other side. And I just, it's cool because it, it, it introduces a bit of a graphic novel comic book style framing into it, but it's not limited to just that. I think what's also super cool is just, it almost, it just really immerses you as a player. I don't know. Like, like it just, it's, you could tell that this is a story driven game and I don't know, like, like it just, it, it creates a more lively, organic sensation for me as I'm playing the game. Like right. It's just, oh man, something else is happening. And like, 
literally it'll be a, it'll be a, a positive distraction where like I'll stop walking on my side of the screen to see what's going on on your side yeah. of the screen and then of course they'll have moments where like the screen will come together so it's full frame and then we'll be able to kind of help each other out and see what's going on which if we do it online and I think it's it's full screen for both I don't think it's gonna be split screen anymore so that means you're not gonna be able to do that you're just gonna have to trust that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing Absolutely. And that is a really good point, which is it goes back to the whole idea, the whole notion that they want to have, ideally speaking, have your buddy playing right next to you because you do get a really unique experience. It's, you know, talking about it right now, I think, honestly, I'm anticipating that I'll be playing through the game at least two times. One, to be able to play with you physically in the same room so we can get that type of on-screen experience and then play through it again to get that, right. that constant full-screen experience, I would see that this game would completely be something that we could do. Um, Have you noticed the audio gets lower when, uh, like, for example, if I'm doing something not important, like I'm just trying to distract somebody. Right. And you're trying to get a, an item. Mm-hmm. It'll... My question to distract whoever it is is not so important as it is listening to you try you know listening for your proper moment to escape or grab something or whatever and whatnot. I don't know. I keyed on that. I thought that's gonna you know it's kind of cool. Well, it's smart. I mean, it's 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 clever design when you think about it. Where they're pushing, they're beginning to push the envelope again as it applies to storytelling, right. and I really appreciate that because I feel as though when it comes to storytelling. There are there there well, there really haven't been as many forward leaps in terms of okay, how can we go about telling a story in a way that isn't traditional? Not that anything's wrong with the, the traditional approach to storytelling, but just I think when it comes to a video game, a video game opens the door to all these different possibilities as to how you want to tell a story. In fact, Quantum Break, which was a game I, I played for the Xbox One, they also really pushed the envelope in terms of, of exposition as well, just because you were swapping back and forth between playing the protagonist and the antagonist and then making decisions that would ultimately impact how the story progresses through the game. I mean, that's another game that I need to replay through because I beat it once based off of certain decisions I made. And then it left the door wide open to see, oh my gosh, like what else could I see in terms of like how this story arc would be from a trajectory standpoint. I just, I really found myself appreciating what was done with that game. And this game takes its own approach and it's not as, again, this is just based off the, the few hours that we played, but it doesn't strike me as we have to, or we've come across any type of choice in the, in the, the, the storytelling itself where, you know, if you choose, if you go left versus right, what's going to happen, that sort of thing. Not to say it doesn't exist. Maybe it does in the game. I don't know. Yeah. I have one concern with it, which is after we're done playing with it, mm -hmm. I don't know if we'd ever go back to it because we, I mean, unless it's extremely long, like there's a lot going on there and yeah. we think, oh, let's, let's go through it again. You know, it might be fun. I think it's going to be very linear and there's not going to be like a couple yeah. of different choices you can do besides saying different stuff to different people. So after we were done playing with it, it might just go on the shelf unless there's some DLC that comes out. Yeah. I don't foresee this to be a title that will have a lot of replayability to it, but that's okay. There are titles out there that maybe I only play once or twice and that's it. 
And there are other games that are more specifically designed for replayability, and that's okay. I mean, for me, you know me. I, I am no, a I sucker. Don't. No, <laughs> who are you again? Who are you? I just come here and talk to you once a week. You invite me into your house, and uh, every once in a while, you give me some food. <laughs> Actually, I I keep trying to escape. Yeah, a way out. <laughs> I'm looking for a way out. Yeah. <laughs> But that's okay just in terms of the story-driven game is one that I've always celebrated. Like if you can give me a compelling story that I just I'll, I'll always remember and it just, man, that was like, that it's was like a good crazy. book. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just, thank you. It's just, a, it's a good book. It's a good read and it's something that, that will stick with me for a long time. Hey, that's perfectly fine. And really what we've seen so far with this game does exactly that. I mean, I'm digging so far yeah, I want to go what to has it, been going on. Sure. I can't wait to play more of it. And I think it's great too how now, my understanding is that the developer of this game is a newcomer. I don't think they've really done anything else as big as this. And I think, if I remember correctly, didn't they come from some sort of EA incubation program? Right. Yeah, they did. Okay. So very excited about this just because it goes back to what we were talking about when we saw this game at last year's E3, where we were able to identify, look, the graphics are not like some huge next gen triple A title thing. In fact, right. the, you know, the graphics are just kind of, you know, they're standard. They're not bad, but they're not yeah. like amazing either. They're almost like in between Xbox 360 and Xbox One graphics. Right. Xbox 360 enhanced. There there you go. <laughs> World exclusive. Uh in the beginning I thought it was pretty neat where you're deciding who's gonna play who. And they list all the personality traits of in, in a little bit of background. And at first you chose the one dude and I chose the other guy. And they were like reading what they had to offer. And I thought, you know what? You're this guy and I'm the other guy. That was a really cool moment too, where I'm, I'm glad that we took the time to read over the, the quick little synopsis of each yeah. character and finding out what their, their personality traits are, finding out what their backstory is just even though it was very brief, but it's cool. I mean, j again, just taking the time to get into the character, figuring out, okay, which character is more like you versus which character is more like me. And, and I'm glad that we, we took the time to do that and right. move forward in there. Also, the music so far is absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure who they hired for the, uh, the actual score, but so far I'm digging everything that I'm hearing. Yeah, it's well done for sure. And even the the voice acting is pretty good too. Like like there's there are some some uh, of the guards, for instance, that are just kind of eh, it just it is what it is. It's pretty standard fare. But overall, I'm curious to see like how once again it plays out. And I think I think one of the biggest selling points of this game is that it's prison life, right? And I think for a lot of folks, it's just I I know I can speak for myself like. It, there, there's, a, there's a natural curiosity as to like what kind of shenanigans go on. I mean, you right. hear about some things, of course, but just seeing something, being able to play in a role like that, I think that was one of the draws for me as well. It's been a while since I've seen the Shawshank Redemption, but I, from what I remember oh, of, a good movie. Of, of the movie, it, this kind of reminds me a little bit of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, I... <laughs> Now, uh, <laughs> you're just, you're, you're just, just merciless. Something. He's, he's picking on me as I go into my, my brain fart situation. Do you have any other comments about a way out? No, I can't wait to get back to it actually. Yeah. I, I actually look forward to playing it as well. And I'm glad that is a game that just for you and I specifically, right. 
I just, I think we're going to have a blast playing. Like that, should, that's, that's totally up our alley. We should pop some popcorn. I think that that's the game where you should have some popcorn and yeah. the gameplay mixed with the cinematics. Right. Yeah. No, well, I think I think we're gonna have a grand time, and we'll have to to circle back around on the Joygasm podcast once we beat it, yeah, and be able to give some some final thoughts on it. Mm. Now, the other game that came out is Sea of Thieves. Now, the other game. <laughs> I wonder what Steve thinks of this game. <laughs> So this is a game that I bought. You have not purchased it. I'm planning on actually getting it for you because I do want you to actually play with me on this particular Mm. title. Sea of Thieves is the first original rare title to come out in quite some time. And this is actually, I want to be able to start off with this particular comment. Once Microsoft bought rare, I was surprised at how they really didn't have rare working on any kind of original IP that everything that they were doing were kind of remastered editions of previous rare IPs. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking forward to this particular title just because I, I mean, rare is a very respected developer in the community. They've made quite a few games that have been celebrated over the the decades, which is rare. Indeed. (laughs) And I think that pun was intended. (laughs) I I couldn't pass it up. No. Mm -hmm. So, I have played it only a couple of times, but I have put in quite a few hours. I would say I'm about six or seven hours into the game. Six or 72 hours, yeah. 72. (laughs) No. No. Um, But so first impressions for me, from a graphical standpoint, and really, you know, let let me back up a little bit. Okay. I would say overall, there is... It's a mix. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this. It, so far, it's yes. it's a mixed bag for me. Yes, and it applies everywhere. Right. It's just it's it's just. <clears throat> I think there are things in the game that work incredibly well. There is, and I think there are other parts of the game that are shortcomings that that are not thought all the way through. Yes, there are. when I think of the graphics, there are certain aspects of the graphics that are phenomenal. The water is one of the big stars of the show. The best so far that I've seen. Yes. You could tell that they really took the time to put TLC into this water. It's seriously some of the best oceanic water I've ever seen. And it's not just on the surface. If you like jump in the water and you look back up towards the stars, it looks all, you know, watery. Like if you were going to do it Mm -hmm. or if a wave goes by in the mm-hmm. middle of the ocean. You can see the role as, I mean, I've seen tons of nature. Who hasn't seen tons of nature shows underwater? Yeah. Or underwater nature shows. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I love watching nature shows underwater. So uh, nature, underwater, water, nature. <laughs> I'm going to go away now. So anyhow, yeah, wherever you look, or if you're on the ship 
and you're sailing along, and you just gaze up at the stars. You could see all the little twinkle twinkles, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes the sky looks rich blue. Sometimes it looks real, you know, very dark black. Mm-hmm. Other times you can see the northern lights. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's really nice. Also, there's just the the small touches of like when you're sailing on the ship and you look at the lower deck area that's outside. You can actually see a little bit of the spray that's made it over the the ship's hull, and so the water's kind of seesawing back and forth on the plane. I mean, th- those types of things are great. When it comes to the actual characters, yeah, I am not a fan of the art direction when it comes to the characters. I feel that they are too crude in terms of their appearance. I like the idea that you can have a variety of different characters to choose from. Honestly, I'm surprised that there isn't a customization to the character right. creation. Yeah. I was really anticipating this game to actually be able to like have some very drill down customization as it applies to the head shape, you know, in terms of like, like the brow, the nose, the mouth, the chin, the neck, you know, have the body types (laughs) be able to, 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 you know, if you want someone who's morbidly obese versus someone who's anorexic looking or something in between, it doesn't matter. Just having that level of customization, I was really surprised that they didn't have support for that. For a game like this, and in 2018, for crying out loud, yeah. to have that not be a, a custom factor, yeah, yeah, they dropped the ball. Well, and not to mention, too, that this is, by and large, it's an MMORPG. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't have all the RPG elements itself. It's more of an adventure game. I get that. But it, it is, by and large, an MMO, right? I'm so. A, I'm a- when it comes to the gameplay again it's there there are there are two sides of the uh, of the coin when it comes to this when you're playing with other people so, so so just to give our listeners an idea of what i was doing with the first time i booted the game up i didn't know what i was doing I just, I got in and right away I decided to choose like a larger ship over the smaller ship and then choose a crew, that sort of thing. Instantly I got an invitation from, I don't even know who it was to to join the crew that they were at. And I was like, oh wow, okay. And so we, we jump in. You could tell that they wanted to invite me to a party. And so eventually I got my headset and did it. And, and that was really cool. The people that we were with, <laughs> I think like one, one of those, one of the guy's names, like, Royal gonads or something yeah, like that. Exactly. And there was, uh, you know, his wife was playing with him, and then uh, there was another guy as well. Great people. Like there were four of us who were manning the ship. We were trying to figure out how everything worked, and it was very cooperative. Everybody was supportive. There was a good sense of humor that was going on. In fact, there was another player who tried to join us as well, and he refused to accept our party invites. And so one of the things that's actually really brilliant about the game is that you can vote to lock one of your members of the crew into the brig. Oh, that is cool. And so we were trying to get this guy's attention. He wasn't <laughs> doing things right. I, I remember um, at one point I had found this, this barrel of gunpowder and I'm swimming toward the ship. And that guy who didn't have his headset on, he just started sailing away. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm like out here in the middle of nowhere. And fi- finally I had a, a mermaid uh, rescue me yeah. and put me back on the ship. But Anyway, I think that that is actually a really brilliant gameplay mechanic in the sense that if you have someone who is 
being a jerk or they're just not being a team player or whatever, you can vote to have them go into the brig and then they are stuck in that brig Mm -hmm. until one of two things happens. Either the, the crew will then vote to have him come back out so that he can be released from the brig or he's just going to have to exit the game. That's funny. But what's crazy is like for us, (laughs) it was kind of, it was kind of messed up, but we had him in the brig and he was trying to get out. He was trying to use the the kind of the basic forms of communication that the game offers, kind of the wheelhouse of Ahoy and yeah. hey, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And what ended up happening was we actually punched um, a couple of holes in our into the ship itself, and so the the lower deck started to fill with water. We ended up drowning him to get him out of our ship. Good grief! So that was pretty messed up. But I remember that happening. I mean, I was I'm going to be pretty brutally honest. I was bored out of my mind because basically I didn't have a headset. You were talking to three other people except for me. I'm sitting here watching you figure everything out, bringing up the wheel, putting the wheel back like of of what you can do, what you can't do. Every once in a while, someone brings out an accordion and I'm like, what (laughs) is going on? I'm so bored out of my mind. And then, yeah, someone, something happened to the ship. Yeah. I think someone, yeah, whatever happened to the ship. I don't know if someone blew up a thing (laughs) I don't know. You were up on the top deck. All of a sudden, we heard those and the screen starts to shake. You're like, what's that? I don't know. And we go and you go down and now I'm focused because something big happened. Uh And the guy and and the guy is in the cage in the brig and the water's starting to you come up and he starts jumping around. Like, hey, let me out of here. You know, the the water's going in. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, no, uh, no, it is definitely a game where if if you're not playing actively with the headset, then you're going to be bored. Right. But it's a game that I want you to pick up because I was about to go to sleep. To be honest, I think you I think you did fall asleep yeah. at one point. But in terms of the gameplay itself, like th- that is yet another game where like you and I would have a blast. I would go so far as to say we would have a blasty blast playing this <laughs> game because it encourages coordination and team gameplay really like when when, especially on those larger ships like you need to have someone who's manning the the i can't remember what it's called i was gonna gonna say steering wheel but it's like you know being able to to drive the ship essentially you're gonna have to have someone who's down in the map room giving the the other person directions as to where to go because i mean otherwise you're having to like sprint down to the map room to see if you're going the right way and then sprint back up to like try and get, get a handle on where the boat's going. Cause the ship will begin to veer off course if no one's manning it. Right. And then you have to have someone who's up on the crow's nest to make sure you're not going to hit any boulders or whatnot, or, or look for other ships that may be trying to attack you, that sort of thing. If you, if you do hit a rock or if you, uh, <laughs> crash onto the land, for instance, you also have to have someone who's down below who's able to use their bucket. Because again, going back to some of the the abilities that you have as a character, your ship will just, it'll get damaged. There's no way around it, whether if you hit a rock or you go ashore or if you have cannonballs that are hitting your ship. One of the abilities is that you have a bucket and you can all run down there and try and and feverishly try and... and, uh, you know, scoop up the water and prevent your ship from sinking and then just, just splash it out, that sort of thing. So that's a lot of fun. Another thing too, is that you, ha- you each have your own little spyglass that you can whip out, which I find to be very helpful just to see what's at, what's on the horizon. Just be able to look out for those pirates. I'm sure the sailors thought it was helpful too back in the day. It's amazing how some of those things are replicated in this game. It's almost like they meant to do it. <laughs> 
but there, there are a lot of other abilities in there as well. Now, here's where the mixed bag comes in. So I like that part of it is great. Like when you're playing with the game, the part that gets um, irritating for me is the combat. Excuse me. Had a burp come out of nowhere. Now the combat itself is really crude. I mean, you have a sword, you have a gun. There's really not a lot to it. It's just, it's really kind of just hack and slash your way through it. That sort of thing. What I find to be really obnoxious and annoying is you have certain players who just play the game to try and fight. That's all they want to do. Like they, they have no interest in taking on the certain missions, whether it's looking for gold or buried treasure or doing like the more of the business side of things like capturing wildlife and bringing it in or whatever it is. All they want to do is find other players to attack. Of course, you're always going to have those people. And so I had a, an experience like that last night where I, w- I was uh, back at one of the, the little merchant outpost places and I, I my ship is by the dock. And luckily I was able to get all of the items of value off the ship and sell them to the merchants and be able to get leveled up and that sort of thing. But as I'm coming back out to my ship and by the by, I have to preface this with um, this particular playthrough, I was by myself. So I chose the smallest ship of the ship's class structure and I didn't have anybody with me. And these two guys actually followed me. I, I was actually at a, at a different part of the whole world map and they tried to get me back then and I escaped. I actually was able to get past them and thought, okay, well, I don't have to deal with that because that was pretty far away. They ended up just tracking me all the way back to this place and then proceeded to cannonball the crap out of my ship and kill me over and over and over again. Like uh, it was the most like just irritating thing because here I am where like, it was probably the guy that you locked in the brig. (laughs) Yeah, really? No, it was somebody completely (laughs) different. This is a completely different playthrough, but um, yeah, they literally stalked me halfway across the world map. Like, like they were trying to get me before somewhere else. They failed, which was crazy. They, they literally tried to do the whole like boarding my ship thing as I was getting like my last little treasure thing placed onto my ship. Like they were, they were like launching cannonballs at my ship. They hit me a couple of times, but they missed me quite a few. And then they both like jumped in the water. They were trying to like swim over and get in my ship. Luckily, <laughs> Uncle Russ knows how to sail. So I was able to get my ship up and running it and just ditched him big time. So, I mean, it took him a while to get back to where I, for them to catch up to me, basically. Did you harpoon them while they were in the water? No, I, I mean, I had no interest in fighting. I'm just like, look, I've got a ship full of valuables now. I want to go and, and get my, my, my sailor <laughs> leveled up and whatnot. So I, I evaded. I took evasive action. I was able to um, just, just get out of there. And I, I cannot believe I'm all about commerce. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm like one of those sailors where I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to make a living over here. And so they probably put two and two together and just, oh, he's probably going to go back to the merchant island. Let's just go that way. So <laughs> swim back. I mean, I'm all for some of the swashbuckling adventures. That's part of what makes the game unpredictable, if you will, predict both predictable and unpredictable. It gives a little intensity to the game because you never know if you see a ship on the horizon, are they friendly or are they going to be attacking you now? Well, going back to the irritating, irritating aspect 
to the gameplay mechanics of the combat. So I was trying to get my ship to sail away from that island. But at that point, they had already just blew it to high heaven. So like there were just holes everywhere. Mm -hmm. I was getting water onto the ship. It was starting to sink. You were like like Jack Sparrow in the first Pirates (laughs) of the Caribbean right in the beginning of the movie? Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. And... There, one of them had already boarded my ship. So then, of course, he's just attacking me and he kills me. So then you get taken. Like when you die, you get taken to kind of like this um, other realm, Pur- fantastical Pur- ghost purgatory. ship. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so so the penalty is you're kind of there for a little bit and then the doors to um, the, the ship open and you can go through and then you're warped back. Here's the problem, though. When you respawn, you're, you respawn on your ship, but you don't know wh- what part of the ship you're going to respawn on and you certainly don't know where these other players are located, which I'm noticing a pattern here. They just camp out on your boat and wait for you to respawn and then they come back and they kill you instantly again because when you respawn, you're completely unaware of like where everything is located because you go to this bright, shiny light and then suddenly you're dropped on the ship somewhere and then they're just waiting for you and they kill you again. So that happened to me five times in a row last night. <laughs> and by that point, the fun factor is gone out the window. Like, I'm just like, okay, right. this is not fun. Right. Yeah, you didn't pay 60 bucks for that. Yeah. And, and so basically you want me to be your bodyguard. Yes. That's what you want me there for. Now, again, to be fair, the game itself encourages having a crew with you. Like, like they, they warn you ahead of time. Hey, if you decide to go out on your own for solo adventures, you can do that, but you're going to be at a disadvantage. And I can respect that to a certain point. However, if they were to, if they kill me, like say, let's, let's say for instance, I get killed three times in a row. Then I think the game needs to respawn me and my boat to a different part of the map because at that point it's just like I said it's just no longer fun I might as well shut the game off because I can't do anything right. if I'm outnumbered I'm outgunned my ship's already damaged I, I mean what am I I'm just I'm just a, a lamb to the slaughter at this point and it's just it's like I said it's not fun Russ get your throat slit it's not that bad come on <laughs> uh, I, if I were to throw in my two cents a little bit on a different point of the game where it's lacking. (laughs) Says the guy who has not even played it. (laughs) I've been watching it and getting bored. I would like to have seen the merchants and everyone you you interact with that has a voice Uh to be more charming. Yes. Because you... Absolutely. The whole game itself is graphically charming. Anything you look at is kind of cartoony and flavorful. Yeah. And then you you start talking to somebody and she's like, oh, yes, hello, I'm here. What do you want to buy? Uh, yeah, and again, that what? I'm gl- I'm glad you brought that up. So the voice acting in the game leaves a lot to be desired. I'm really surprised that they decided to go the the path that they they took, right. just because, like on the on the Nintendo Switch, they did something kind of similar. Like if you play Zelda Breath of the Wild, you'll come across characters that won't actually have full dialogue. They'll just make like a sound or a word. And it's just, it's meant to kind of give you an impression, but that makes sense because on the switch you have these dinky little memory cards. They're not like these huge DVD size discs or even online games that have way more storage capabilities. So I can, I can forgive that as it applies to Zelda. Also, the way that they go about it in Zelda is done way better. Like the, just the, the voices match the characters, what they have to say just works. I mean, 
way different. This one just doesn't work. Right. Like, like it's, it's both the art direction of the characters looking too crude and just, I don't know. They just don't look appealing in my opinion. And on top of that too, the way they sound is just like, no, <laughs> not, not yet. I'm not buying it. Yeah. It doesn't fit. I hope later on also there's other stuff you can buy. Like if you want to play a different instrument or a different tone. Yes. Because you start playing the same song again and again and again. Now there are different songs. Like as you're playing the game, if you decided to bust out one of the instruments, they do have a variety of different types of songs that will play. It's kind of like a randomizer. Okay. Now I don't know if they will have additional. Here's my understanding right now is I don't think they have additional instruments. I think you can get cosmetic upgrades to your, the, like the instruments and really anything that you have, whether it's your clothes or it's your swords or guns, whatever. I think with the weapons, you do get perhaps some minor ability upgrades with the weapons. But I think that what their plan is for this game is they will probably have DLC after DLC after DLC that they will drop and suddenly you'll get the opportunity to have more instruments to play with, or you'll get more weapons to, to be able to use and so on and so forth. But really, and again, this goes back to this mixed bag at the crux of, or really crux is the wrong word at the core of this game. The whole like foundation of it is you have to run these tasks for these different merchants and then when you bring back the stuff that they ask for, or when you deliver things, you will then be able to level up your sailor and you'll be able to get gold as a result of that. You can then use that gold to be able to buy cosmetic upgrades for whether it's your character or your ship or weapons, whatever it is. And then you rinse and repeat that over and over and over and over and over again. I don't like that. I like the fact that if that was just a facet or a part right. of the game, then fine. That's right. totally fine. I can go out and I can do things. And it, I mean, it is fun to be able to go out and like, I mean, it, it is really fun to like find that treasure chest. Like when you're shoveling around stuff and all of a sudden you hit it and you're like, Oh, I mean, it is really fun. <laughs> like, like the little like nine year old in me comes out. And it's like, Whoa, that was really fun. And also too, like just when, when you were watching me play recently, like just going around hunting for chickens and being able to grab a chicken and just seeing kind of the, I, I mean, going back to the whole character thing, like that chicken in the cage is so charming, like seeing its head poke out, True. look at you and just some of the mannerisms and the way it sounds and whatnot, really, really well done. But in a, in a world like Sea of Thieves, I desire to be able to have more of, of an open world adventure experience where I don't want to be told to go run errands in order to get stuff. <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to stumble upon stuff. Right. Like I want to be able to stumble upon like maybe an old treasure map somewhere or stumble upon like, I don't know, a person, uh, some sort of NPC character that needs help with something or basically be able to go on these different types of unique adventures that's that are much more just real time, like as it's happening. And I think I'm sure there probably are certain types of events. Like I've heard like, like you can um, all of a sudden have the Kraken appear and, and attack yeah. your ship. Yeah. That is awesome. I haven't seen that yet, but I want to see more of it. And I, you know, I've at this point I've put in about, I'd say 10 hours worth of play. 
And again, there are things I like about it, but I'm also starting to see the limitations of right. it. Like, like it's almost like Rare had this idea of this big open world type of approach, but they did they weren't exactly sure what they could do with it. Like, what is the purpose of it? You know, like, yeah, you can do these things, but really, I don't know if they've had a chance to flesh out all the different components in order to make it more of that just that rich sailing yeah. pirate experience. It seems like you would get old pretty quick as it stands right now. I mean, the only enemies I saw besides actual people are skeletons. And so you fight yep. an onslaught of skeletons and that's about it, which kind of got old fast. And then even as I'm watching you play it, you're going, okay, I'm just going to go find this chicken. I'm like, okay, that was like an hour to an hour and a half. Where we're going to Island to Island. I'm just looking for one chicken. It's got to be white, you know, and, and nothing else was happening during that time. So <laughs> it is a little bit limited. It is a grind fest. It's, it's designed to be a grind fest. And I think too, there is supposed to be some sort of in game. Like you can level up your sailor up to, I don't know, level 47 or level 50, something like that. And then all of a sudden, I think there's supposed to be some sort of in game. However, man, it is going to take a long time to get there. And my hope is, is that there will be more to the game. So we'll just have to wait and see. Like, like I said, I don't think it's a bad game by any stretch. I think that there are some really good aspects to the game. I really do love the whole concept of having like this, like online community of being able to play within this, this type of oceanic adventure and especially being able to team up and like have, I mean, you can have like, I think at least like five or six people, maybe even more. I don't, I don't, I don't even know, but like, especially for the larger ships and when you're getting together with your buddies to play something like that, that kind of thing is just fun because then you can kind of just tap into your inner pirate. I mean, I, I know for myself, I was starting to sing some of the Pirates of the Caribbean songs and I was having fun kind of talking like a pirate sometimes. It's just fun. But I do think that if you take that component away, then then you realize that they really put a lot of time into this. It's almost like a glorified chat room is what it is. But it gives you these fun little things to do as a result of it. I just want, I want to see more purpose. Like what, what is, why are we here? What, what is it that we're trying to do? Exactly. And I think that that actually causes me to think of one of my issues with all MMOs is they've, they've have fallen into this, this predictable pattern of, well, we need to have these errands that anybody can run. So regardless of who you are, you can take your ship or, or whatever it is and you can go to these these ports, these merchant ports, and then they'll have these little errands for you to run. You go run the errands, you come back, and then you get you gain experience, and you may get some trinkets or some items or whatever it is, and you rinse and repeat that ad nauseum. That's all that ever happens, and I really think that they need to go beyond that. I think there have been enough MMO titles now where they need to start really strategizing, okay, what else can we do to make this more of an immersive experience? Just my two cents. I'll pick up those two cents, Russ. Did you have any other comments about Sea of Thieves? No, nah, that's about it. I it's a charming. I, when you, you didn't talk about the the sounds on the ship, about how you know the, with the water slaps the hull, or you you have the the wood creaking. You know, especially if you get closer, if you're if you're sailing pretty quick, or if you slow down yep. and the boat's just rocking, or the the ropes 
uh, or the sheets, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you know, twisting and churning and getting tight and whatever, whatnot. So there's a lot of charm to the game, except for like the major bits. It's like the background is more charming than the foreground. I mean, the foreground's where the meat is and it needs to be better and quick. Because what's going to happen basically is everyone's going to jump on and say, Oh, Steve, Thieves, wait for this game. Let's go play. And then they're mm-hmm. going to be like, Okay, I'm kind of done being an errand boy. Let's play something else. And then they're going to have to start bringing players back somehow. And that's not, that's, that's what they don't want to do. They want to bring players in, keep them there, and ha- but have enough stuff to keep them there. Right. And um, so everyone has a good time. So I'm hoping it's going to get better, but. There are like, for me, as someone who's played it, like there are a number of positive things about the game that I really do enjoy. I think it is a lot of fun. And like I said, I, I'll probably um, buy you a copy of the game just so we can have kind of the bro experience of getting on there. I really do love the mechanics of how you control the ship, how you get the, how the wind is always changing. So you have to change the direction of the sail and you have to hoist the anchor and all, all that fun stuff. Like I really do dig that a lot. And I look, like I said, I, I look forward to seeing more. My hope is, and, and I'm trying to stay um, positive about this. My hope is, is that the farther I get into the game, then the more things will suddenly be revealed. And, I, and this is something that is important that, to mention is that the higher the level I've gotten as a sailor, like I think right now I'm at level 10. I'm starting to see other ships that appear within my world. And I think that is intentional. I think that that the developers decided that they want to kind of play easy on the newbies, let all of us kind of get our bearings, so to speak. And then as we level up and and you can tell that we're starting to get an idea of how this game works, then you start to bring in more players into these worlds. And so then at that point that you'll probably, you know, maybe by the time I reach level 20, then there will be far more boats that are living in the same sea space as I am. And as a result, you're going to get a lot of different types of personalities. And at least that's what I hope. Because again, if everyone I come across just wants to try and sink my ship and kill me, it's like, gosh, that's so one dimensional. Like I, in a perfect world for something like this, I would love there to be a huge variety of different types of players out there. Some of which, yeah, maybe they want to be the bad pirates, but maybe there are other people out there too who just want to go on a swashbuckling adventure, be able to meet some other people, maybe perhaps even create alliances. I mean, how cool would it be if you could like create a fleet of ships? Sure. Whole, and a whole guild. Yeah. Create a guild where like all of a sudden, you know, you, when you go out, you go, you stick together as a group, you have like five or six ships together. And then all of a sudden, like the folks who want to try and mess with you suddenly have to deal with all of you. Right there. So there are certain things like that, that again, I don't know if they have been worked into the game yet, if they exist or or not, but these are things that I hope do. And even like when it comes to like the wildlife, the only kind of wildlife I've seen in in the water has been a shark. Like every once in a while, like Mm -hmm. I'll get attacked by shark, which by the way, I'm very proud to say I survived. Yeah. There's not very many fish. I mean, there's some, but, but I would, I mean, like, I remember telling you, I would love to see like, as I'm sailing my, my ship, I would love to see some dolphins jump out of the water sure. or maybe like see a huge humpback whales tail, like go up and down, or maybe some flying fish. You know, just, I want there to be more of that organic life because the water itself, the ocean has been really done well. I just want there to be more. Yeah. So, 
I think about that wraps it up for this particular episode. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and subscribe to get the most out of the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn radio, Stitcher and soundcloud.com slash joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Until next time, folks, keep your ships well scrubbed. And bon voyage! <laughs>